This is the Life at Work Conference Podcast, a production of City Bible Forum. Real workers, wrestling with real workplace issues. With your host, Life at Work National Manager, Andrew Laird. Welcome to episode four of the Life at Work Conference Podcast. Today, I'm joined by an academic and mother to discuss arguably the most important issue when it comes to Christians in the workplace. I'm Andrew Laird, and this is the Life at Work Conference Podcast. Welcome again to the podcast, Real Workers Wrestling with Real Workplace Issues. And today we're doing just that again, considering an issue I'd argue is the number one issue when it comes to Christians and the workplace. Just think about this for a moment. How do you normally introduce yourself to others? Or what questions do you normally ask when you meet someone else for the first time? Usually their name, followed by what they or we do for work. We live in a culture of I am what I do, where our identity is very much bound up with what we achieve or accomplish, or fail to achieve or accomplish. Now, over the years, I've regularly asked Christians, what are the most pressing issues facing you in the workplace? And you know, not once has someone replied, I really struggle with tying my value, dignity and worth to what I do. Now, I don't think that means it's not a problem. Actually, on the contrary, I believe that for many of us, it's a blind spot. That's because I am what I do is a product of the Western individualism many of us live and breathe every day. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, simply that in a culture where we consider ourselves individuals, the captain of our own destiny, so to speak, the the master of our own fate, well, we're responsible for shaping our own identity and our corresponding value and worth. And a key way many of us do that is through our work. However, this is a miserable way to live. As New York pastor Tim Keller sums it up, when work is your identity, success goes to your head and failure goes to your heart. You know, it's crushing when we tie our value to our work and we inevitably suffer setbacks and disappointments in it. On the flip side, it can only ever lead to pride if success comes our way and our worth is tied to our work. Now, in a moment, I'll be joined by Dr. Sandy Clark-Erry, an academic from Melbourne University, who has recently returned to work from maternity leave to discuss this important issue. But before she joins me, let's dig into the archives again with a clip from a previous Life at Work event. This is Barrister Ray Turns explaining why he has found it so important to not tie his value and worth to the success or failures of his daily work. So as a, as a Christian, my identity as, is as a child of Christ rather than as a, a barrister or a worker. And I think that helps me navigate the highs and the lows. So uh, as a barrister, I'm self-employed and I find that the highs can be pretty high. You get a winning court or, you know, one of your invoices gets paid or a few of them get paid. Um, And the lows can be pretty low as well. So, you know, you have a tough day with a judge or a magistrate or a difficult client and these things can be tough. And I think being grounded in Jesus helps navigate those things. When I'm going well, I'm reminded that I'm just using the gifts and talents that God has given me. Uh, and that, but for Jesus, I'm a, a sinner deserving of judgment. Uh, and when I'm, I'm going poorly, I, I cling to the fact that I'm a, a child of God primarily and, and secondarily, I'm a, a barrister. 
Barrister Ray Turns there, offering a refreshing and helpful perspective on how we should understand our identity in relation to our work. Now, when we come back, I'll be joined by Dr. Sandy Clark-Airy to talk even further about this. How do you introduce yourself to others? You might use your job title, but is that who you are? Join Andrew Laird in a new online course which explores how your Christian identity shapes your working life as he guides you from the slavery of judging yourself by what you do towards delight in the identity God has given you. Go to citybibleforum.org slash I am what I do today to access your free trial. That's citybibleforum.org slash I am what I do. Well, welcome back. I'm joined now by Dr. Sandy Clark-Airy. Sandy is an academic who's worked for over 16 years in the statistics department at Melbourne University. Uh, More recently, however, Sandy's been on maternity leave after the birth of her first child. So welcome to the podcast, Sandy. Hi, Andrew. It's good to be here. Thanks uh, so much for joining us. Now, in in a moment, I want to talk with you about the shift from work in academia to the work of motherhood and how it relates to the topic we're considering in this episode. Um, But first, tell us, Sandy, how have you found yourself tempted in your particular career to define yourself by what you do? Sure. Um, Yeah, look, I think most of us go into the academic world with pretty wholesome motives. Uh, So we're just nerds who, you know, have curious and and think getting paid to stay at uni is pretty great. Um, But of course, the expectation when you're in there is to be the best in your field. And so that's been a temptation for me too to carve out my niche or be an expert, uh, be the expert. Uh, So it's easy to find uh, my worth in that, um, to need that status uh, to define me. and, and as a result, there's a bit of an expectation in academia too that you'll ta- do whatever it takes to be that person, including sacrificing yourself um, or other parts of your life, in- including relationships and things like that. Um, so it, then I think it's even worse because your expertise and reputation really become very much who you are because of all the things you've given up to get there. Yeah, if I can pick up on your language, uh, there's a pressure to be the best nerd you can be if that's, if that's one way of putting it perhaps. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Look, um, the nerdiest nerd. Yes. Uh, look, Sandy, given all that, who or, or what in particular has helped ground you so that you don't, um, I guess, throw yourself in, in that sort of degree and, and tie your value and your worth and your significance to your work? Mm, uh, well, I think I'm pretty stubborn, actually, in this area. And so it takes humbling for me um, to change um, and to learn not to tie my value to my success. Uh, so God's kindness has looked like actually things not working out the way I would have liked always. Um, and also being surrounded by people who are better than me. Uh, I think that's God's favorite way to ground me uh, is to is to put people around me who are more successful uh, and it forces that forces me to question and reorient where my value comes from just simply by removing the things that I'd otherwise rely on uh, for that that worth. So I, that, that's often what it takes for, for my stubborn heart to change. Uh, and, and of course, then on the flip side, you know, he then uses his word and his people to remind me of where my true worth comes from, um, particularly, yeah, his love and kindness to me in the sacrifice of Jesus. So he's, he's pulling away those props, but he's p- bringing back in even, even better sources of worth and value. 
Yeah, I love the way you put that, that combination of um, how he often will humble us. And uh, this is not me being interviewed, but I can certainly testify to that uh, experience in my own life. But yeah, I love the way that you talk about how he, as he pulls away those props that he then um, replaces them with the, with the true and certain assurance of who we are in Christ. That's a lovely, lovely image you have there. Mm. Now, the only problem with the image is that it's a like it's a repeating process yeah. that he has to keep going through. Yeah. Yes, oh, absolutely. The props need to keep getting pulled away and being replaced with the correct ones. No, you're right. Now, recently, I mentioned this a moment ago, you took maternity leave after the birth of your first child. So congratulations uh, for that. Thank you. Now, I know that for uh, some women particularly... An added challenge of that time can be related to what we're discussing today. Um, So I just wonder how that issue of I am what I do came to bear on you during this season of stepping away from uh, where you perhaps uh, found something of your identity previously in the world of academia to the the work of of motherhood. Uh, How did this issue uh, impact you as you made that transition? Um, look, I, I've uh, known people, women in academia, who's who found it quite hard to uh, take parental leave because their supervisors have been quite critical of that decision because they're concerned about you know the impact on their career and things like that, uh, the you know, financial implications, things like that. But I've generally found you know um, the university provides really good parental leave, and my colleagues have been super excited for this life stage for me. Uh, so it hasn't it hasn't felt like an undervalued decision, uh, which has been a great blessing. Uh, but I think the the main challenge for me in becoming a mother is just that my idol of success has followed me mm. uh, into motherhood. Uh, so it's it's only really just the measures of that success that have changed. Uh, and I found those measures even harder to achieve uh, because it turns out that babies are much less predictable and controllable than statistics. Um, uh, and therefore there's, you know, a million theories and opinions out there for what you should do. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I think I've been anxious because I haven't been able to find easy answers or surefire fixes um, to make, yeah, things work Um in fact, at one point, my husband and I instituted a no Googling rule uh, because I was just, you know, always looking for answers. Um, and as a researcher, that's a very hard thing to do, to just, you know, uh, take a step back. Um, this is something I knew going into parenthood. I'd even read the research that says that older women with an established career find becoming mothers a, a struggle because they're accustomed to, you know, um, being successful, seeing results for their effort, the predictability of, of their career um but it still really caught me off guard uh the the thing too is that it's really easy to compare yourself with others because there's always some other baby that's you know Mm. reaching the milestone first or sleeping better uh and yeah even more so than my work um needing to be the best is 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 quite unhealthy uh and so yeah when that's my expectation it's 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 easy to feel like a failure Mm. Yeah, now I've spoken to many full-time carers and mothers particularly who who share similar sort of um, experience, that whole, particularly what you mentioned there, that, that sense of um, what have I accomplished or achieved today in my, mm-hmm. in my work. Um, is there, are there any specific things that you've been able to implement to just address uh, that, that feeling, that sense when you get to the end of the day and, and, and feel that and perhaps feel discouraged by that? Mm. Uh, well, look, it's been nearly a year on. My daughter's approaching one and I still find this, you know, a challenging thing. It's not easy. 
Um, but the main thing that I, I find I need to do is just to keep s- speaking truth to myself. <laughs> um, uh, and, and also others have to do that too. I have to let others do that, you know, especially when, you know, I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> um, God's been using other people um, in my life, especially my my husband's been really encouraging just to remind me of, of things. So uh, I thought I could share some of those things that I need to be reminded of. Uh, so uh, for example, just even knowing that God loves my daughter more than I do. Mm. And so, you know, I'm not definitely not going to be a perfect mother, but God still knows that. And yet he's still entrusted, you know, her to me and my husband and, and entrusted us with that privilege. Uh, and, and so, you know, I can, I can trust that he'll work with us and in, in spite of us, um, in her life. Uh, I'm also really grateful that he's placed us in a community of people who can contribute to our life in, in ways that we can't. Um, and yeah, that, look, the main thing I have to keep telling myself is that the most important thing is not whether she achieves some milestone, uh, or sleeps through the night, uh, but that she knows and loves Jesus. So, yeah, and, and of course, that's something that only God can bring about uh, so that I really need to trust him in that area as well as all the other kind of worries and fears that I might have. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, just they're, they're, they're so familiar truths, aren't they? And yet we just constantly need to be reminded of them, don't we? And uh, as you say there, just the value of having a community around you as well who's, who's reminding you of them and us having the humility to, to hear them. Um, just just one final question, Sandy, and you've really you've done you've done this already in some way. But any other just mm. words of encouragement, um, particularly to full time carers of children, uh, mothers perhaps especially, who might mm. be wrestling with these these sort of things as well, or maybe even different challenges. Uh, you mentioned not feeling that sense of uh, um, being looked down upon by your colleagues, but um, but for some women, they, they may feel that as they shift mm-hmm. from, from paid work to the, the valuable but unpaid work of caring for a child full-time. Any final words of uh, encouragement or things you'd want to reiterate for them? Oh, look, I think, I think God's word is really clear that being, um, having children being parents is a blessing. Um, and so, like, again, that's sort of a truth I can tell myself when I don't feel like it. Um, even, you know, make, like making the decision whether or not to, to try for a child, you know, it was just like, well, this is something God says is, is, is a wonderful thing. So, you know, whether I'm, I'm having doubts or I'm not sure whether I'm up for it, that, you know, that, that was an encouragement for me. Uh, so if, if there's people, you know, saying um, that that's, yeah, not a good choice for you in terms of your career or something like that. I think I think that's where I'd be looking. Yeah, that, that's something God affirms, and it's it's not for everyone. It's not possible for everybody, but mm. for those of us who can, it's a, it's a real gift and a blessing. It has, and I've experienced that as well as knowing that theoretically. Yeah, yeah, Anna, that's wonderful. And and as you say there, that that we can know these things in theory, but to be able to experience them as well is a, is is a wonderful blessing to to receive for him. Uh, Sandy, I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast and uh, sharing your perspective on this important topic. So thank you so much. No worries, Angie. Well, that brings us to the end of episode four. Thank you so much for joining us. We're actually going to take a little break now over summer and we'll be back early in the new year for brand new episodes. Uh, In particular, when we return, we're going to be revisiting a talk from Life at Work conference favourite, Dr. Sam Chan. 
and uh, also be joined by one young worker who's going to share how he's benefited from Sam's wisdom on how to share Jesus with your work colleagues. Uh, But until next time, I'm Andrew Laird, and you've been listening to the Life at Work Conference podcast. The Life at Work Conference podcast is produced by City Bible Forum. To find out more and register for the conference, go to citybibleforum.org slash lifeatworkconference.